Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, um, I don't know if you saw this or not, but mm. uh, as we sit here on a Wednesday, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you. Lovely day out there. Yes. Um, so, uh, Steelers President Art Rooney II did a uh, sit-down interview with Bob Pompiani. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Okay. And uh, he was asked, you know, would you – essentially what he said is they haven't closed the door – They'll explore every option to try to acquire a quarterback as, mm, okay. as competition. Now, people are reading into that. Well, that means they're open to trading for Justin Fields. They're going to first overall. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure everyone's jumping. Of every course you're open to it. Sure, sure. You're, you're not going to close yeah. any door yeah. to to any possibility like that. But that doesn't mean it's likely. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'm, I'm reacting to it for the first time, but you can just – I mean, I can almost see how the conversation went. You know, yeah, we are open to any idea. Of course, you are. I mean, any front office in any scenario should be open to. Okay, uh, is it worth trying to get in the top three? If Jaden Daniels gets to five, is it worth you know making a move yeah, there? You have and those conversations, and I keep saying, is it worth? Because there's a cost. <laughs> you know, <Yes. laughs> you know, it would be immense. Or have they done enough homework on JJ McCarthy or Penix or Nix that? I'd take him at 20. You know, I mean, that's yeah. a possibility. That answer probably has not been decided yet. Here was the exact would... quote. Okay. Man. He said, well, you, um, you know, we as we sit here in, Feb- in early February, we're not closing the door on anything. We have a lot of evaluations to go through, and we'll go through all of the options and do what we need to do to be better this coming season. Okay. I mean, with, with no one in there does it say <laughs> we're trading for Justin Fields. With all respect to Mr. Rooney, he didn't really tell us a whole lot of information he we is, didn't know. But he is by trade a lawyer. <laughs> right. I mean, he's, It would be very rare for him to paint himself into a corner. We are going to go trade for a quarterback. <laughs> didn't say anything declarative at all. You know, right. So, but people are reading into that what they want to read into. Oh, and I see first-round draft pick for Justin Fields. Yeah. Come on, yeah. people. Are you... Is the Justin Fields conversation going to be had in those that building? Sure. I would assume it would be. Yeah. I think it should be in probably 15 buildings, 10 buildings. You know, I mean, if you think that he's attainable, especially if you like them coming out of college and your pro scout, whoever's been in charge of the Bears for the last, what, three years, is in favor of the player, you know, and you also have a new offense coordinator. Maybe the system stresses running more. I mean, he has had running quarterbacks in the past. You certainly, and then you have a serious conversation about it, more than just a, a quick glancing conversation. Yeah. I mean, if it's if all those boxes are checked, you strongly consider it, and then maybe you pick up the phone and call the Bears. <laughs> I mean, it's a there's a lot that happens before you pick up the phone and call the Bears. Though. Yeah, you have to you evaluate, and, and then you look at the finances of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all part of this right. as well. You know, all of a sudden, if you do that, your quarterback room go, goes from being very cost effective. Yeah. 
to not quite as it, I mean it's not ridiculous. Now he's like twenty two million yeah. last year, right? But it's it's a lot more expensive than maybe what you had planned on doing, and then you oh, don't sure. do anything else. It's a lot different you, than you lose bringing a, back Rudolph, yeah. or right? And you're going to lose a pick. I mean, you're going to lose yeah. a day two pick. I would think. Yeah. I don't think it'll be number twenty. Um, but I would still. I'd love to have that conversation. You know, you and I will have those. We have had that conversation. Yeah. You know, is it worth it? Is it not? I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, he's not a perfect player either. I mean, he doesn't 100% solve all your ills either. You still need to develop him. You still need to build the offense around him. So it presents new problems as well. Would I be open to the idea? Absolutely. And then you're going to have conversations. I'm sure the next thing is, well, that means they're going to go get Kirk Cousins or they're going to go get Baker Mayfield or Russell Wilson or some big brand name guy. None of those really psych me up. I would understand Cousins. I would understand it. I mean, because I think like this version of the Steelers, had they had Cousins for 17 games, would have been pretty formidable, you know? Yeah. But there's an immense cost there, too. It's an immense cost, and it's a quarterback coming off of an Achilles injury at 35. At eight. Yeah, at his age, right. Like, you know, again, if he's a completely clean quarterback, sure. You know, he's completely healthy, played all 17 games last year, and it's, you know, it's $40 million. Okay, now we can have that conversation. That's step one. Yeah, Yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, To do that for a quarterback who you don't even know if he's going to be ready to play for the first six weeks of next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I can't do that. What we do know is, I will say there's a 99% chance they go to Latrobe with four quarterbacks employed. Right now, the only one I know that's going to be one of those four is Pickett. Well, then you're exploring three other options. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the door is open, the door is open to acquire for... those guys in any way possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's also, in, by reading that statement... You could also say the Steelers are in play to take a quarterback in the first round of the play, uh, the uh, draft. Of course. Of course. I mean, uh, they're going to the have that thing. conversation. Nobody's saying that, though. They're all saying, oh, they're going to trade for a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, what you do in a draft room, I did it for one year, but we, you know, well before draft day, we had quarterback day. We got in there at 7 a.m. Yeah. or 8 a.m., and we did our vertical board of quarterbacks. And you figure out, is that guy worth the 20th pick or not, you know, in this in this instance? And I bet there's three of them. They say, well, yeah, if that guy's there at 20, we'll yeah. take him, you know. And then the other ones, The chances debate. that that guy is there <laughs> yeah, at 20 I are. Caleb Williams will be there, yeah. you know, right. And then you have the conversation, okay, one, tomorrow we're going to do running backs. Next day we're going to do receivers. Sometimes it takes two days. Sometimes it takes one, whatever. And then you take all the, you know, your number four quarterback against your number four running back and your number four receiver – I like that receiver way better than the quarterback. You know, you build your vertical board or your horizontal board, and then it all kind of shapes up, and you get to a better look of how it, how it works. And if the best guy is there at your pick, you probably take him. Well, let me ask you about that since you since you brought that up, because we often see quarterbacks taken well before they mm-hmm. should mm-hmm. Uh, in, in drafts. And when I say that, a guy who's uh, we went through a, a draft list yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where I believe it like was Harrison was number one. I, I think Jaden think... Daniels was the twentieth best yeah, prospect, or twenty fourth or whatever best prospect. But nobody has him going that late in the draft. Right. He's going, he's going in the top five. And I'm sure whoever authored that list would say, I understand he's going to be gone by yeah. twenty four, but he's my twenty fourth best player or whatever. So is there is there extra weight then placed on that position, or is it is it a Team, are teams more willing to reach at that position? 
my experience doesn't help a lot there because I only did one year and only saw one way of doing things. So originally what we did, and I think originally how you do this is you you put them all there. Because I mean, remember, I mean, each one of these players, a third-round guard, has had at least three sets of eyes on them. Yeah. We've had that area scout, the position coach, some sort of cross-check, maybe a coordinator, maybe your GM, maybe even somebody else, you know, and everybody's got different grades on them. So you don't necessarily even come to a cumulative grade, but you say, as a team, we like him better than the guy from TCU and more than the guy from Ole Miss, and he's right in between there. That's where we've decided as a team. And some teams, like Belichick might be like, that's all nice. I like him most. I'm putting him at one. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, I mean, like, so it depends on each team. But I think the best way to build that horizontal versus vertical board, if I were in charge, would be how valuable is this player to the Pittsburgh Steelers? Not what's his grade in a vacuum or what his grade is even for our system. I mean, you don't grade guys in a vacuum. Right. You know, Jeremiah has to. But, you know, in terms of, hey, we need a corner. We can't leave this draft without a corner. So they need to go up a little bit more even though I have a better grade on the running back, you know? Well, that's – so oftentimes over the years, uh, you know, you hear, well, we had this grade on that guy or that mm-hmm. And when – again, when Kevin Colbert was running the Steelers draft, and I, I don't know if Omar Khan has changed this a lot or not. Yeah, I did yeah. write a – I did get a chance to talk uh, to a couple of the scouts last week about the process of scouting the senior mm-hmm. bowl. I'm and, sure it's a little different. It's a little different. Yeah. But generally, you have your guys – you have them, your first round grades, mm-hmm. your you know second, you know whatever, however you have those broken down, yeah. And you may have the tiers of guys, and everybody's kind of close. You'll but see then, clusters, but and, then yeah. you weight the guys. You may have similar grades on certain guys, mm-hmm. but that's a position in need. Right. Like whenever the Steelers would talk about, well, we just took the best guy available. Mm-hmm. 99% of the time, the best guy available just happened to be at a position in need. Exactly. That's just the way it works. Just the way it works, 100%. <laughs> so a couple things to add to that is most teams, first round aside, won't even have a, a, a round grade on them because that's relative to the year. Yeah. You know, it's more like special teams player that could develop into a backup, which means sixth round or seventh round. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or immediate starter. Oh, okay. Or potential future Pro Bowl or if he can fix this one thing, if we can fix that or whatever. I mean, they, they have a real quick description of that's what a 6-8 means or, you know, that, yeah. like, or whatever. Um, however, when the battles happen is usually when you have, like, five dyes all clustered together. Yeah. You know, like, everyone's going to have that in a different light. You know, it's That fighting. could be the tackles this year in could the be first the tackles round. tackles this year, 100%. You know, there's, the there's going to be a lot right. of... I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. They probably all have pretty similar grades overall. Mm-hmm. And then it just it comes down to which one you who likes who better. What trait do you like better? Yeah. Uh, this guy is really clean off the field. This guy has has some red flags, and I'm I'm not picking anybody right, right, out. Right, right, just, but they I'm, will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or this guy had a knee injury. Uh, sure. That, you know that that we think might not be you know might not hold up for five years. Yeah. We Things might like get that. Five years yeah. out of him might not be ready for. He camp might be a slightly or, better prospect. We like him. But on he's tape got that. Better, yeah. But that's a flag. Yeah. Or I don't really like this human being. I sat down with him <laughs> and I don't like him. You know, or he can't learn, or yeah. he's a bad dude, or whatever. You know, and there will be some you just take right off the board. You know, I mean, back then we did magnets. I think still people do magnets. You know, but but just because it's an easy way to visualize, you might as well be on a screen or whatever now. But 
I mean, the big things that happened after all those position meetings, you know, whole day of running backs, whole day of corners, whatever. Then Phil Savage, our GM at the time, would say, all right, we'd spend like a whole week, hypothetically, and kind of, it maybe wasn't even that long, but it would be, all right, guys, we drafted Braylon Edwards in the first round, and then we took a safety, and the this whole group is gone. Let's fight it over. Let's fight about it on who would you rather have, the back or the corner? And, of course, the D coordinator's like, let's take the corner. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then there's five or six opinions in the room. Okay, well, then I guess our vertical board needs to change a little bit. Like, just because, you know, like this draft, you'll see, again, think of like a, a graph paper, like an Excel spreadsheet. Your first running back might not even be – horizontal or vertically speaking until like the 12th tackle you right. know what i mean like right. the, that name might be really really low on the list and it's just a really good way to visualize it and of course as the draft goes you take the magnet off and fire it across the room or whatever or put it with the team they're on and sometimes there's a guy just sitting up there way above everybody else and we didn't plan on taking a linebacker but johnny's up there and he's you know all alone at the top of our board i mean yeah. that's best player available yeah, that's best player. Yeah, even yeah. if it's not a need, even if you, it's just, not your you just take need. him. Yeah, yeah. We, he's we're in the we're in the end of the second round here. We have a first round grade on that guy. Right, he's still sitting there. What's you know, maybe I call his agent and say, "Is there something? Did he do something bad last night? I don't know about. <laughs> you know, he have a bong mask on or something we don't know about. You know, but sometimes they just stand alone on your board after the names around him are gone, and it's like." How do you not take them? But you have all those conversations in the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers will rank place kickers, of course, in this year's draft. They well, have, not they're preferred. not taking a they're not taking a place kicker, uh-uh. but they'll, ra- they'll they'll rank them because that's where your pro evaluation starts. That that place kicker you ranked might be Boswell's replacement in five years from now. Right, you know when he's a or you know going you in all the, the background free, on yeah. him, all the medical, you know, going in the free agency this year. And, and, they, and right now, I guarantee, if you go over. To the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, mm-hmm. there's a board over there. I'm sure that has every all the positions ranked, and they also include place kickers. Oh yeah, are ranking here the guys who are available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, because that's what you do. And what we did by the time the draft rolled around, the front board that we're all looking at, like you're in a classroom, were the guys we thought were draftable, and it wasn't eight times thirty-two people. Right, you know, like the the Patriots that's what are, typically the Steelers talk about. They'll have like one hundred and fifty guys that they have draftable much less grades than on. You guess, like, yeah. I guess the Patriots are well known for only a hundred or whatever. But then there's a ton of names on the left that we talked about. Yeah, and you hope you never have to dip into the left board in the draft, but you definitely are when you're calling guys for a free agency. Oh yeah, you know for sure. And you have those guys right, and they're ranked too. Right, right, right. They're not just a big cluster over there. Yeah, right. Just uh, you may just not spend go pick as a name time. off there. Let's sign <laughs> right, that right, dude. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, not at all. <laughs> so no, there's a lot to it, and frankly, you don't have as much time, and it's a little different. But the same thing's true in free agency. You know, yeah. the problem is it's not like I know it's my turn to pick. Yeah, you know the the buzzer sounds and, and you know and people like are those are off probably board, right? conversations that are already taking place. Oh now. yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because free agency, you know, here we. It's, I mean, you're pro director. It's of pro February seventh. Mm-hmm. Free agency starts in a little over four weeks. Yeah, you have to have those and guys. You'll take guys off the list as they're yeah signed. You'll yeah, put yeah, yeah. guys onto the list as they're released. Hundred percent. So your pro scouting department, the, I mean, there's almost like, it's almost like Don Corleone has his two capos. You know, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's got Tessio and Clemenza over there. And Clemenza's in charge of the draft. Tessio's in charge of all the pro stuff. Well, those pro guys have been hitting the, the free agents to be 
and potential cap ha- casualties like crazy. I mean, yeah. that's all they've been doing since the season's ended. Yeah, and you that's, that's kind of what you have to do. So, yeah. well, I understand how people would read into what Art Rooney said to get us back to the original conversation here. And there's folks out there that like to make mountains of molehills yes. in the media market. But yeah. they have these conversations about everything. I guarantee they're, they, they've had a Kirk Cousins conversation where mm-hmm. they will have one. They've had conversations about Ryan Tanney. They have a, these guys are all ranked in yeah. some kind of order. I do believe them when they say we would love to have Mason Rudolph back. Sure. Those conversations, sure. I know those conversations have taken place. Not at $30 million, Right. But um, we have to come to a conclusion. And is that the best path? Maybe the best path is trading for fields and saying, Mason, we love you, but that we went in another direction. You know, that's yeah. just the way it goes. So, uh, you know, don't freak out on this stuff is my mm-hmm. is my main point here. I mean, yes, the, the con- those conversations take place. They take place on every single move the team makes. Yeah, and you have to be very fluid, too, because – the draft, especially free agency. I mean, wow! I didn't think six tackles would get signed yeah. in the first hour of free agency, and now maybe we would spend a little more for that seventh guy than we had originally earmarked. You know, because supply and demand changed. Right. Those I mean, those things changes all the time. Are all factors. At and least we've... the draft, you know where you're picking, but there's yeah. that changes too. Or man, you know, like hypothetical. I was with the Browns the year and Rogers came out. We had the third pick in the draft, and I'll tell you for a fact. We had Rodgers ahead of Alex Smith, who went first in the draft. As a team, we had a better grade on Rodgers. We had the highest grade of anyone in the draft on Braylon Edwards, who was third. We got him, at, or who was first on our board. We got him at three. We were pretty confident Smith was going to go in one of the running backs. It was like Benson and the two, Cadillac and Brown that year. They were all drafted high. It was different times, folks. But I wonder, I wasn't privy to this. But when Rodgers started falling, I wonder if Trying to get Savage, back into the Cornell, yeah. you know, I wonder if they're saying, hey, we're picking third in the second round, and he's falling into the 20s or whatever. I didn't think see that coming. They had gone you know that route I mean? in previous years. Yeah, right. You know. you know, I mean, did they make a call? Did they, Could they not get up? Did they even explore it? I don't know. I mean, it was above my pay grade. Yeah, those are the conversations that take place on a regular basis mm-hmm. inside a war room, inside the meeting rooms that are all taking place yeah. this time of year. Yeah, like, I can't believe he's fallen, but should we do anything about it or not? Yeah. You know? I mean, you, you, you say this about, you know, potential trade, and again, we'll use Justin Fields as sure. the— Everybody's assuming now that it's you know a second round. What if it's a fourth? Well, that's a much different now, story. Now you know what right. if there's what if there's no market for him out there? See, that's funny you thought about you mentioned that because I was thinking about Fields this morning, not knowing any of this information because we talked about it yesterday. If Fields and Getzey don't want to work together, right. or Getzey doesn't want to work with him, or whatever, if the Raiders are off the table, I've thought the Raiders and Falcons are his most likely landing spots. I can see Atlanta signing Kirk Cousins. You know, I mean, they they seem very aggressive right now. Or Jameis Winston. Yeah, or, yeah. maybe they maybe that's not for them. Maybe they don't even want that style of quarterback. Before you know it, Fields' landing spots could dry up pretty quick. Yeah, and they might be asking for a second today, but a week later, it's a third. Yeah, you know, what as I mean? you get like, closer and closer yeah. to the draft, and there's no market there, all of a sudden, you know, so yeah, maybe if you're patient down. with this kind of thing, you can you can wait this out. Mm-hmm. And, and get a better price. Maybe it's a next year pick or a conditional pick. Yeah. If he plays seventy five percent, like the Rogers deal, right? Plays seventy five percent of the snaps, you get a one. If he doesn't, you get a two, or you know, or, yeah. or less. You know, 
but those things happen too. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's just something to talk about there mm-hmm. as, uh, as the show kicks off because that's been a hot topic in I Pittsburgh bet. today. Uh, let's take a break. He is the Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. There's only one. <laughs> and, uh, well, Matt, yesterday we went over the 33rd team's yeah. top 100. It was about 105 guys or so. Yeah, they, they were pretty deep. Them. Uh, today we're going to take a look at Jordan Reed's top fifty prospects. Oh, that just came out today, huh? Yeah, following yeah. the uh, the he does good work. Combine. He's kind yeah. of an up and comer in the ESPN world. Yeah, so uh, let's take a look here who he how he has these guys ranked. He okay. has Marvin Harrison one. Mm-hmm. And again, real quick, folks, back to the conversation we had, you know, open the show. And I think this goes without saying, but there's some new listeners out there, some casual folks. These four guys. Don't do it for a team. Right. I mean, it's harder to do it. You're just ranking the who prospects. I like best, yeah. you know. But boy, if, I mean, and, and the smart ones will tell you. But man, he went to his own blocking scheme. That is not a fit for him at all. Yeah. And then you look like a bad analyst because you had him ranked high. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, Marvin Harrison one, Caleb Williams two, Drake May three, yeah. Joe Alt four. Joe Alt's settling in there pretty high. Yeah, as... he sure seems like he's ahead of uh, Fashano. I just think he's a. Off, I mean, you know the off the offensive lineman at of Notre Dame. Those mm-hmm. guys never miss. Dad was in the league. Yeah, I mean, like he's as safe as they come. I'm sure his interview will be great. I mean, like he's been talking O line since he could crawl. He's yeah. six seven. Yeah, right. Uh, at five is Jaden Daniels. So he's a little higher on okay. Jaden Daniels than the the guys at the thirty yeah. third team were. He's a skinny. It's one yeah. of the things that worries me. I mean, Six four two ten. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what he weighs in at the at the combine, but I bet it's heavier than he really might have. Is. A might have his pocket full of yeah, rocks yeah, and, yeah, then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. not run, and then not run, and then LSU pro day he ran. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, at six is Malik Neighbors. Okay. Yeah, I think that's worthy. Seven is Brock Bowers. Sure. I did a mock draft. I did a bunch of mock drafts last night. I sent you one. Of yeah, them I know you're like, pretty fired up. Um, Brock Bowers fell to me at one point in one of the mock drafts that I did, and I'm like. I'd take him. I, I gave a serious consideration. Yeah. But then I took Jackson Powers Johnson. Right, okay. I, was like, I guess it depends who's there. But, yeah, if you told me right now that he was there at 20, I'd be pretty happy about it. Just figure out a weapon. Yeah. Along those lines, I did a podcast this morning, uh, Locked on Dynasty 1, and there's three of us on there, and the question to us was, how many tight ends in the dynasty community would you put ahead of Bowers? And one of the co-hosts said, he's number one for me. I'm like, wow. That's I, pretty rich. Yeah. He not knowing like, where he's going to land I'm that. still taking Laporta ahead of him and I mean, a couple of these younger yeah. guys. But, I mean, yeah. he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, at eight is uh, Roma Dunzier. Okay. At nine is Fashanu. Real quick on Bowers. He might be one of the biggest wild cards of where he falls. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll be considered at five. And then every spot after, you at least need to kick the tires on. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Uh, Fashanu from Penn State is 9. Okay. Dallas Turner from Alabama, the edge rusher, is 10. That was the first defensive player then, right? Terrian Arnold, the Red cornerback Arnold. from Alabama, is 11. Okay. There was one draft where he fell to me. It, yeah, I think you jump on that, too. Uh, Leitu out of uh, UCLA, the edge rusher, is 12. Okay. Talisi Fuaga, the offensive tackle from Oregon mm. State, is 13. He fell to me a that's, couple of times. I bet, yeah. That's pretty high. I know DJ has him right in that neighborhood, yeah. too. Uh, at 14 is Versi, the uh, edge rusher out of Florida State. Okay. 15 is Jerzon Newton, the defensive tackle out of Illinois. I haven't watched much of him. I mean, I haven't either because he really doesn't fit what the yeah, Steelers he's, he's not going to be do. in the equation. Yeah. But, right. Uh, at 16. I think you want him to go in the top 19, though. Yeah. 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 Kind of like the quarterback. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, at 16 is Latham, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. Sure. Yeah, we, he got some air time yesterday. At 17, Byron Murphy, the defensive tackle out of Texas. He's another one that's super athletic and probably Too short. Six one. The yeah. Steelers don't have those type of guys. At 18, Quinion Mitchell, cornerback wow. out of Toledo. I'm a fan. I wonder if we're overreacting a little to the yeah. Senior Bowl, but you know, I hear you. Nineteen uh, he's a really is Guyton, the offensive sure. tackle out of Oklahoma. Rare traits. Twenty is Omarius Mims, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. Also has rare traits, but it's kind of being slept on a little bit. Twenty. Like that's, that's yeah. Back to our first segment conversation: Mims versus Guyton versus Lathan. Like, there's gonna be fights in every room. Oh but, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, they, they, I mean, versus Fuaga. Right. They're all right tackles. <laughs> They're all right. Too. Four right, right. tackles. A you look different. at them and say, well, maybe Guyton can go to the left side because mm-hmm. he's got that body. T- I, I, yeah. These are all conversations that will be had. I'd love to be a fly in the wall. I mean, even especially in the Steeler room. You know, well, is Broderick going to the left if we take one of these? Probably. I mean, at least they yeah. have that opportunity. Right. Uh, 21 is Kool Aid McKinstry, cornerback okay. out of Alabama. The corner ones are going to be battles, too. At 22 is Troy Fatanu, the guard out of Washington. And he might be the guy. Like, he was supposed to go to the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. and then backed out in the last week. I don't know if there he was an injury. He might regret that. He might regret that. Yeah. I I don't get the impression he's going to be a record-setting tester. You know, like yeah. Mims and Guyton. But it would have done him well to go, yeah. to go to the Senior Bowl and show that, hey, I could still play right tackle or left tackle, mm-hmm. you know. Because uh, my hunch is if he went, he would block people well. Yeah. You know, he does football things well. Right. And that's your last chance to do football stuff. Uh, 23, Keon Coleman, the wide receiver out of Florida State. Got 24 is Nate Wiggins, the cornerback out of Clemson. Yeah. I don't have a strong feeling on Wiggins versus, you know, Kool-Aid. Versus, yeah. You know, you know. Uh, 25 is a Donnie Mitchell, the wide receiver out of Texas. Okay. So those at, are ahead of the LSU guy. At 26 is Jackson Powers Johnson, the center out of Oregon. Yep, yep. 27, Cooper DeGene, the cornerback right out next of to Iowa, each other. Right next to each other. Uh, <laughs> 19 picks go, and they're both sitting there for you. Yeah. What are you going to do? 28, Darius Robinson, the edge rusher out of Missouri. Mm, that's pretty darn high. I did I one of it. my mock drafts where he was available in the second round. And I, I think you just take I him. I took him. Yeah. yeah. You just take him at that point. Whether he fits or not, or only if he plays on third down. I think he'll fit. Who cares, right? Yeah. yeah. Just figure it out. Uh, 29, Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver out of LSU. Mm-hmm. At 30, J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback out of Michigan. I can see the combine being very good for him because he's going to be more athletic than Knicks or Pinnix. And apparently, I'm not that those guys don't, but he interviews great and yeah. leader and tough and all that and stuff. And if you're too. if you're the Steelers, you want McCarthy to go ahead of your pick. I assume, unless they love him. Because it pushes somebody else down. I mean, I think that's yeah. generally the rule is you want every quarterback to, and D-tackle and running Whatever back. Whatever you're not. A, yeah. Right, to go. Unless they love him. I mean, I think it's. Not outlandish, but yeah. I don't think that'll be the. I don't think they'll pick a quarterback at twenty. He he had twenty five or more passing attempts and only twelve of his twenty eight career starts in college. His last six games, he only threw for like a total of like six hundred yards or something yeah. crazy. I mean, it's they it's just a little didn't throw the right? football. Yeah, I mean, I know that Penn State game is one that stood out, but they ran the ball like fifteen times in a row, <laughs> including like on third and sixteen. Yeah, you know, and he's a good player, you know. And one thing he has, oh, I don't know how much teams will value this anymore with quarterback, but he's noticeably younger than Pinnix and Knicks. Yeah. I mean, at least three years. Uh, at 31 is Jordan Morgan, the offensive tackle out of Arizona. Okay. I need to do more work, but he has not blown me away. He yet. didn't stand out to me at the senior no. bowl. 
Uh, 32, Chop Robinson, the edge rusher out of Penn State. Okay. 33, Braylon Trice, the edge rusher out of Washington. Much different than Chop. Chop's yeah. a lot more like Nadakway and Bendy yeah. and a little more finesse. Uh, at 34, Edgerin Cooper, the linebacker out of Texas A&M. Hmm. That's as high as I've seen him. Yeah, DJ had him in his top 50, but I don't think that high. Not at 34, okay. yeah. Uh, 35, Adisa Isaac, the edge rusher out of Penn State. That's two of them, like in the last five days. Yeah, he, and he had a great week. He the really season. did. He really did. Uh, 36, Enos Rakestraw Jr., the cornerback out of Missouri. That's uh, another guy, I think, that had he gone to the— I He was to supposed to be at the Senior yeah. Bowl and backed out at the last second. I think his was not because—I think he actually had a surgery. He had a core yeah. muscle surgery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he could be very much in the mix of 20, but we don't know any more about him than we did a month ago. Right. You know? 37 is Lab McConkey, the wide receiver out of Georgia. Yeah, get that. 38, Bo Nix, quarterback out of Oregon. One of the things he is working against him is he was such a high-profile recruit, and he was so bad at Auburn. Oh. You know, some of the evaluators can't get that out of their mouth, you know, they taste out of their mouth. I don't know if the Auburn offense did him any favor. I'm sure it didn't. It was not a great offense to watch. This is a much Never has larger been, really. conversation. <laughs> and I'd love to talk to scouts nowadays because the college game has changed so dramatically, I think, for the worse over the last five years. I've heard some people think say that they think it's a positive if a guy like this, you know, from a purely NFL scouting perspective, for transfers. Because I can go talk to his Auburn people. I can go talk to his Oregon people. Yeah. What went wrong here? Why did he transfer? Oh, he was just turning the corner. You know, like, uh, or boy, he got a lot more. He's totally different areas of the country, you know, t- totally different way of looking at things. Like, well, he adjusted to a new surrounding in South Carolina When if you're, you know, a uh, rattler or he, you know, whatever. It's like, well, maybe he can adjust the NFL quicker then. It's just amazing to me how so these— strange, yeah. I mean, again, you look at the quarterbacks, you know, at the top of this draft again, and they're all, again, transfers. Everybody's moving yeah. to— Different schools and yeah. the, you know, Penix is a six year guy, Nick's a six year guy. Yeah. You know, like man. Uh, 39, Kingsley Suamataya, the offensive tackle out of BYU. Okay. Didn't have a great senior bowl, but there's a lot to work with there. Yeah. Uh, 40, Jatavian Sa- Sanders, the tight end out of Texas. Won't be for everyone. I mean, he, I, I always think of Jermichael Finley for some reason with him. He's a skinnier, fast, yeah. down the field type guy. 41, Graham Barton. He listed him as a center out of Duke. Okay. There's a lot of Skoronsky there, too. Yeah. Would have liked to have seen him at the senior no bowl to no snap a little bit and yeah. see how that looked. He may have looked as good as Powers Johnson. And he was or, supposed to be there. Yeah, he yeah. was supposed to be there. I mean, he easily could have been – that could have been a battle of who's better. Yeah, I mean, right. You know. uh, 42, Xavier Worthy, the wide receiver out of Texas. And, and real quick on Barton, the we had a lot of this conversation yesterday. Like, yes, we'd both take Powers Johnson at 20. But if you know he's a center and Zach Frazier's a center, it's like, eh, and, and you had a good point, too. Like, I don't want Kendrick Green and settle for my fifth center. I want the best one. Yeah. But if all three of those are there instead of two, well, you know, it, it just there's more options that you'd be really happy with. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, worthy at 42, the, the wide receiver out of Texas. Yeah. 43 is Chris Braswell, the edge rusher out of Alabama. I expect a little more from him at the Senior Bowl. I thought he was fine, but yeah. I wasn't like, wow, that looks like a edge first-round guy. 44, Kamari Lassiter, the cornerback out of Georgia. He seems to be the guy that's really kind of starting mm-hmm. to slide a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And six foot one eighty, maybe that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons lean. why he's lean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 45, Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback out of Washington. Okay, I get it. He won't be for everybody. Uh, 46, Tavondre Sweat, the defensive tackle out of Texas. He won't be for everybody. But yeah. There will be people that love him. 47, Xavier Leggett, the wide receiver out of South Carolina. I'm a fan. 
I think we could strongly consider him in the second round for the Steelers. 48, Cameron Kinchins, a safety out of Miami. Okay. Yeah, I think he's flirted with. No, the other safety for them has played some. Is playing linebacker at yeah. the Senior Bowl too. Yeah, yeah, he's six five. And I say he's huge. Yeah, uh, forty nine is Troy Franklin, the wide receiver out of Oregon. Small, fast. Do you think the Steelers, if they they're going to acquire a wide receiver, draft or free agency? I bet he's a blocker. I bet he's got some size yeah. to him. I don't think they're going to be in the Troy Franklin market. Yeah, I mean, Franklin's six three one eighty seven. He's not tiny, but no, I just think of him as skinny. He's and, skinny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 50, Tyler Newbin, the safety out of Minnesota. It could be hard to pass. Did you take him in the one you sent I, me? I, I did. I, did. I was just going to call that one up. So the, the, the draft that I sent you that I, this well, I was shocked this, to see that name. The one that two, I liked the best. Yeah. This was, this was the one I, I did this one and I'm like, okay, this is, I would go for this right now. Yeah. Uh, Powers Johnson at 20. I got sure. Tyler Newbin at 52. Let's stop there. Right. I'm here. We don't go through the others for sure, but they both are very, Lead off double lead to me. Yeah. Like I would be, sh- maybe they don't go to Pro Bowls, but I bet both those guys don't bust. Yeah. You know, and would play a lot as rookies. Uh, then I got Malachi Corley that's at great. 84. Yeah, that's great. At 119, I took Nehemiah Pritchett, the cornerback out of Auburn. Mm-hmm. He's been getting more and more buzz. Then I grabbed Christian Jones, a tackle from Texas nice. at 120. Nice. Um, he stood out to me at senior role. I thought he yeah. looks like a starter. Uh, took Jalen Ford, the linebacker out of Texas, at 198. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to last that nah, long. That seems, seems rare to me. Seems rare. Last that long. But he was there, and I took him. And they could room together. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Big. And then I grabbed uh, Gabe Hall, the defensive tackle uh, out of Baylor in round seven. He was awesome at the Senior Bowl first practice. Yeah, you know, and didn't disappoint after that. But he's long, and he would fit he's in. He's got real the well. size. I'm like, okay, I you know, I could find a use for that. Yeah, kind of a more athletic. Mm, more fluid, louder milk. Yeah, you know, in terms of body type, taller, long. I mean, almost like an Eric Armstead. I mean, just, you know, yeah. he's a six-five for six-four, three hundred pounder like, mm-hmm. that, that can move. With long arms I'll take a chance quickness. on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Develop him. You know, good, good D line coach. Give him raw ball clay. But I got. Two, I liked it a lot. Two defensive backs, a couple of offensive linemen, mm-hmm. all uh, of whom were pretty different. Yeah, a wide receiver who's. Yeah, he would help yeah. some way, shape, or form. You know, I got my uh, got my linebacker prospect, and then you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... That's a nice balance. Looking at that kind of draft mm-hmm. is... Makes a lot of sense. Those might be the positions. It might be the positions. <laughs> I mean... Might be in a different order when when it's all said and done, but it's probably going to be those positions that are hit. You got the number one center, which you better if you're going to use the first right. round pick on. And maybe the number one safety. It worse than number two. It worse than number two. Yeah. But some he's on the board as number one. You know I mean? He's... In that conversation, as we speak right now, both of them I think would start day one. In the di- so to me, Newbin is the number one strong safety. Okay. As opposed to the Miami kid, Kinchins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a free. He's more of a free. Yeah. He, he won't put him down the box or near the line of scrimmage nearly as often. Yeah. So. No, I like it. I'm cool with that for sure. Uh, looking here at Reed's positional rankings here. Mm. Um, so. At some of the positions, let's let's take a look here at offensive tackle. He has Alt, Fashanu, Fawaga, Latham, and Guyton. Yeah, is his top five. And then Mims was right behind those guys. Yeah, you know, trying to think of the top fifty. And then he had the kid from uh, Arizona. Yeah, sneaking he was like in as well. Like so, yeah. Mataya and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, at guard, it's Fatanu. Then it, I assume it's a pretty big drop off because he has Zach Zinter as his number two. Wow, boy, the combine would be huge for him. We might be getting some. Feedback. Wow, Zinter might be ready for week one. Um, I, mean, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, 
Uh, then he has Cooper Beebe, Christian Haynes, who I like. Yeah. Uh, and Dominic Pooney out of Kansas. Only one in the top 50, but yeah. all, a lot of those dudes were at the Senior Bowl and did well. The centers, Jackson Powers Johnson, mm-hmm. Graham Barton, Zach Frazier, Cedric Van Pran, Bo Limmer. Limmer was okay at the, at the He struggled in some too. of the one-on-one stuff, and then when they got into the game, he was fine. Yeah, which yeah. is better for a center. Yeah. Centers have a tough time in the one-on-ones, and yeah. they rarely have to do it in the league. They don't have to do it all that often. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, looking here at the— uh, How about his corners? Corners. He's got Arnold, Quinion Mitchell, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Nate Wiggins, and Rakestraw. Hmm. Actually, I shouldn't even ask about that because we already mentioned all those names. How about the linebackers? Linebackers, he has only one. Edgerin Cooper, Junior Colson out of mm-hmm. Michigan, uh, Peyton Wilson out of NC State, Cedric Gray out of North Carolina, and Jeremiah Trotter out of Clemson. Okay. Those seem like the five in some order that most people are talking about. Yeah. And then his safety, well, he lists Cooper DeGene as a safety. Uh, he has Kinchins at two, Newbin at three, Javon Bullard out of uh, Georgia at four, and Kalen Bullock out of USC at five. Okay. Bullock, from what I understand, kind of – Made some business decisions this year that he was high on the lists and maybe turned down some physicality trying to save himself for the draft. Yeah, um, the wide receiver group. Uh, you're looking at Harrison, Neighbors, Adunzier, Keon Coleman, Coleman. Adonis Mitchell. That's the mm-hmm. those are the five that made it into the first round as well. Okay, yeah, they were all pretty high on his, um, his list. No running backs in the first round. He has Jonathan Brooks in one, Trey Benson two, Blake Corum three, Braylon Allen four, Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, at a USC five. Yeah, I like the way he moves and caught passes at the Senior Bowl too. Yeah, the uh, Wisconsin and Florida State kid. I don't think any of those guys are going to be Steelers, but are both bangers. Oh, I mean, Braylon, just, Braylon Allen's a monster. monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some hammers. Yeah, um, the quarterbacks we know. The tight, tight ends. ends is Brock Bowers, Jatavian Sanders, Theo Johnson out of Penn State. Mm, he definitely did good things. Uh, Cade Stover out of Ohio State and Jared Wiley out of TCU. Okay. Uh, I've seen those guys, those bottom two, but I don't know a ton about them. Uh, defensive tackles he has. Jerzon Newton, Byron Murphy, Devondre Sweat. Then he has Chris Jenkins okay. at four. Yeah, that sounds about right. And uh, Michael Hall Jr. at five. Okay, He's another one I don't think is four Steelers. All but shorter Jenkins. on the shorter side this yeah, year. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I would love to avoid D-line this year. And yeah. Every time I bring that up, I get some tweet saying, they can't, what if Cam hits a wall and Ogan Joby's hard to got, count on because of injuries? What I wonder I is if, if, in this, if you put throat. Darius Robinson among those defensive tackles. Which he probably should be. Where does he rank among that group? Two, three. I mean, I mean based, on the, based on his rankings, he would have been, been third. He would have been third. After Murphy. I mean, him and Sweat are two different animals, Yeah, obviously. I mean, that's a eye of the beholder thing. But if you're one of versatile inside-outside guy, he might be one. Yeah. Like if I mean, occasionally I want to line him up outside. It, to me, he looks like a 3-4 end, mm-hmm. like a classic 3-4 end. Yeah. I mean, DeForest Buckner or Armstead, yeah. you know, one of those type of guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's the uh, ESPN's uh, Jordan Reed's. Rankings of the top 50 prospects in this year's draft. We're going to get to a break. He is the Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, Steelers fans, you can gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, and custom items and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. 
They're located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or you can visit online at shop.steelers.com. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. I also wanted to add, Matt, that uh, we're re-airing all of the original Steelers Radio Network game broadcasts of all six of the team's Super Bowl wins this week. You heard that uh, leading into the show today. Uh, You can listen to these rebroadcasts on Steelers Nation Radio Live on uh, Steelers.com, the Steelers official mobile app, or on the iHeartRadio app as well. Yeah, we were listening to Super Bowl Nine yesterday, and then I, today was 10, right? Today yeah. was 10. Yeah, okay, very cool. So we're getting a little closer to modern times. Yeah. <laughs> Still really cool just hearing the whole vibe and just yeah. the way the game's described and those voices you haven't heard forever. It was it brought you back a little bit, you know? So we were talking about this a little off the air here, and uh, the Chargers made an offensive coordinator hiring mm-hmm. last night or probably yesterday afternoon for them Yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, Jim Harbaugh hiring Greg Roman as his new offensive coordinator. And that's a strange fit to me. A really strange fit to me. Uh, so they're buddies. They were with the Niners together in the Kaepernick era you know, yeah. where he was running a ton. And then Roman went to not coincidentally, the other Harbaugh brother, and was there, was instrumental in the Flacco to Lamar change and the very unorthodox way in which the Ravens played the game, ran the football, you know, quarterback-centric running game, and they were quite successful. But then they also sort of hit a wall that we probably can't play this way forever and probably not coincidentally coincided with Lamar getting paid a heck of a lot more and the owner probably saying, if we're going to give him $50 million a year, I'd prefer he didn't take 9,000 hits a game. <laughs> <laughs> so he, I think he's been unemployed since, or maybe he's at college level or whatever. I, I think he was on, yeah, I don't think he was working anywhere. I hope, I mean, these guys are much smarter football people than I am, Harbaugh and Ro- Roman. I would hope that they do not try to run anything close to the same offense they we saw in San Francisco or Baltimore with Justin Herbert. The, the funny thing about this is, Matt, that to me, the way people are talking about the Arthur Smith hiring with the Steelers, mm-hmm. they're talking about him like he's Greg Roman. Right, right. Like yeah. all they do is run the football. That's they never they throw it. Right. They? No. No, that's, that's not true at all. The Roman thing, I mean, his passing concepts were very remedial. You know, with the yeah. Ravens, very remedial. And Herbert, unless they have some crazy plan to not proceed with Herbert, which I can't possibly believe the owner would ever hire these people if they didn't, uh, maybe he's taking McCarthy at five and trading Herbert for nine first-round picks. I don't know. but <laughs> Or Roman has been working on passing game concepts and convinced Car- Harbaugh that we're going to do things differently while my time off. He probably just wasn't sitting around eating bonbons, but I don't get it. Um Smith is better known for his running game principles, without question, and they're going to run the ball a lot. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be the foundation of the team, but they're much further along in terms of after-the-catch stuff, play action, passing concepts than we saw with Roman of late. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at Greg Roman's history here, mm-hmm. now he's had a top-10 rushing offense Every year he's been an offensive coordinator. A lot of that's volume too, though. Yeah, I mean, he, but they're good per carry. But I mean, it's he was with the so he was much. with the 49ers from 2011 to 2014 under Harbaugh as the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Then he went to Buffalo in 15, 16, uh, in 15 and 16. Okay, I missed those. Oh, that's like the Tyrod Taylor year, yeah. probably. Again, okay. he had yeah, a, a, a running, running quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, I remember. Okay, and then he went to Baltimore 
uh, started in 2019 as the offensive coordinator, not coincidentally when Lamar broke out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, through 2022. So every year he's had a top 10 rushing offense, including leading the league like one, two, three, four, four times in a row. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me either. Yeah. Uh, but the passing offense, uh, you're looking at where are we at here in terms of – Rushing offense, passing offense, passing offense, yards, 29th, 23rd, 30th, 30th, 28th, 30th, 27th, 32nd, 13th, and 28th. Wow. So I'm trying to get in the mind of Harbaugh, which is a frightening spot to be in. He's got Justin Herbert. uh, Justin (laughs) Herbert. But we know Michigan, I mean, we just talked about this with McCarthy. I mean, he's going to be run first no matter where he is. It's physicality, it's fundamentals. It's toughness. I mean, that's why he's been a successful head. Well, one of one reasons. It's been a foundation wherever he's gone, even if he had Andrew Luck. You know, I mean, like foundationally, they are going to run the football with physicality. And I'm not sure there's been a team worse than the than the Chargers over the last, even with Eckler over the last three years of being able to count on a run game. You know, like Merrill Hodge, who's obviously a running back and might be a little biased in this, just uh, a, a, tad, a maybe. smidge. You know, factor back. <laughs> You know, I would always say when things go wrong, you go back to your two or three bread and butter runs, and that's a Chuck Nolism. And I'm sure Harbaugh's the same way. And maybe he's just saying we got to get to that point. I mean, we got to build this thing that I can count on a run game every week. But if it's at the expense of the quarterback, yeah, it's not worth it. And here's where they ranked in passing attempts under Greg Roman through his entire career: passing a, passing attempts, thirty first, thirty first, thirty second, twenty ninth. 31st, 32nd, 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 9th, and 28th. Wow. If I'm the owner of the Chargers, <laughs> why did we just Why did we just pay Justin Herbert yeah. $50 million a year and you're going to give me an offensive coordinator who's going to we're going to throw the 30th ball 30th yeah, pass attack. Less than anybody right. else in the league. And you're going to explain this to me. He's one of the top 5 <laughs> passers of the football on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yes, he can run and I'm sure he'll have some design runs, that's fine. But I mean, again, I just paid him, do I want him getting hit? No, not at all. He's the most important thing in all Charger land. I don't get it at all. I mean, maybe they have some passing game coordinator slash quarterback coach. That's maybe in Harbaugh wants. Maybe stuff, the whole JJ McCarthy thing. I keep that's thinking just about who that. Harbaugh is. He doesn't right. want to throw the football. And he said, he, I mean, he's pumping up his dudes, which he's well known to do. Yeah, how much he thinks McCarthy is going to be a superstar at the next level? Like, are they going to take him at five? <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that that would even cross their mind with Herbert being there. But I'll give you six first-round picks for him if you do. You know, <laughs> I, that, he's a strange fellow. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go six. Well, I wouldn't go six. I mean, that's <laughs> crazy. But I'll basically give you a blank check. Yeah, it's just a weird, weird fit. That, that weird when, fit. when I saw that announcement, I'm like, really? Jim Harbaugh understand he's got Justin Herbert? Like, hire him as your run game coordinator. Yeah. You know, and then have someone else that's your passing, you know, that's the, the OC calling plays. No, I understand. Yeah. You, you know, Harbaugh might look at this and go, look, we've been too Herbert-centric. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that his first goal is going to be, I need to get a foundational running And game. that hasn't worked. We it need to be worked. better running the football to yeah. help our defense out a little bit. No doubt. But, no doubt. There have been a bad running team, which yeah. I'm sure is making them crazy. But I don't know if this is the answer to do it. Yeah, it's a weird there. one. It is. Uh, but people are, again, people are looking at Arthur Smith like he's got this guy's resume. No, no. I mean, this is, they basically run like the single wing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that's really what it, it the drove Lamar me version nuts. is. It yeah. drove me nuts in the in the Roman era when he was in Baltimore. The Roman Empire? That they weren't allowing 
Oh, Lamar, Lamar to throw the football at all. As we've seen since he left, he's a much better passer than most people thought he was. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's a strength. It's not like you have to hide him. Yeah. I mean, that's I can weird. see doing with like a Tyrod Taylor. You know, I mean, I get doing that his first, his rookie year, mm-hmm. but then they just kept building on it. They just kept building on it. And they were winning a lot of games, so it's hard to get away from it. But in like Kaepernick, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but he was a little ahead of his time as a pure running quarterback, and he didn't throw the ball nearly as well as Lamar. I mean, everything was on a you know, the fastball right up the middle for him. So I could see building around his questions as a passer, but uh, I don't know. If it holds back Herbert, I think that's a crime. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, get to a break here. That's going to do it for hour number one of the drive. We'll be back with hour number two right after this. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 